bought a ticket to China. Uh, grandma. We bought a fake wedding. I definitely did buy lobster. <laughs> Welcome. We should say that does correlate into the movie. That's not just Ernest, like culturally appropriating Asian culture. That's that's the thing is like when it's a movie no one's seen, we're just like saying nonsense. <laughs> hey, and man, the whole theme song. It's out in in worldwide. Oh, yeah. not nationwide. It it's playing in Tallahassee, Florida. So I know yeah. it's made the big yeah. time. If you have a local failing theater, it's going to be there. <laughs> We saw it at our local art house theater. Hey, so this movie is actually, uh, it's a little bit of a success story. I know, I don't know exactly how much money it's making, but it's I know profitable. as profitable. Yeah. Welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast. Today we're talking the farewell. Wabam, wabam. What was it, the the, the uh, slogan I said, or I'm going to say? <laughs> we'll have to play it back because yeah, it's just a, too long. A, a fun um. talk show, entertainment talk show with a healthy dose of Fun banter and critical analysis. Yeah. I'm Ernest. It's like The View, but we're all Megan McCain. <laughs> and with me are... Um, I'm, I'm Hunter Mobley. And I'm Megan McCain. No, fuck <laughs> Megan McCain. Megan McCain can go fuck off. Silver spoon, bitch. Um, Drew, that's mm. you. Hey. Hey, it's me. <laughs> Today, we're talking Lulu Wang or Wong? Lulu Wong. Wong. Okay. Lulu Wong's... The farewell, a tour, a semi-autobiographical so project. The the latest in this trend of female auteurs um, telling very personal stories. Yeah. on an indie film uh, screen. Yeah. Oh, to, we set it up earlier, but uh, just because I have the numbers in front of me now, this is up to ten point two million. Wow! Which for an original film that probably has That's, like a next to yeah. nothing budget. A lot of the people in this movie are non-actors, mm -hmm. so it's. I mean, that's a lot more money than I honestly. Is it domestic? Yeah, that's all wow. domestic. Yeah, good, good. I mean, that's uh, there are a lot. You know, there's an Asian consumer base in America that would especially you know connect with it. But also, it's just a good movie, so maybe that helps. It is a good movie. Yeah, I I, I, I think would, we can all agree hey, there. Frankly, I'd I think it, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm just no. before we get too much into our thoughts, I did want to say that. Um, I listened to an interview that David Chen did with her on his podcast, Culturally, Culturally Relevant. Mm. Uh, maybe change the name of your podcast to something that doesn't trip my tongue, David Chen. It's um, his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lulu Wong was saying that she had to fight to get this movie out in a traditional theatrical release. Because nowadays, stories like this, movies like this that are so kind of low, mid-budget, mm -hmm. just end up on a streaming yeah, service. Also heavily subtitled. I'm sure execs didn't like that. Pretty much like 90% of this movie is not in English. Mm -hmm. Big surprise there. I did not expect that to be the case. And didn't lose anybody in the crowd. Yeah. Which, you know, the crowd was uniform. Like we, Older folks. Dubbed lines were getting huge laughs, yeah. which, which is pretty rare. Like comedy... In another language, is the hardest thing to transfer, and it really transferred truly well in this movie. Yeah, and the other thing that she said in that interview is that, um, aside from the fact that like between this and Crazy Rich Asians, we're entering a little bit of uh, 
of an a- Asian American representation renaissance. Where is it a rem- renaissance if it's never happened before? Oh, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I uh, mean, but, at least but in the big bo- film circles, there was like the days of like some, like Shanghai noon. Yeah. Well, I I was going oh, more before no. that. I was <laughs> I was going more with like the Rashomons and stuff like that. that yeah. Was, yeah. But that's like literally. No, but this is Asian American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this has never happened before where before Asians were like, they were jokes. They were punchlines, you know. They were side characters who were just meant to be ridiculed. And now we're seeing them portrayed in all these nuanced, uh, very humanistic ways. But the big, big difference between The Farewell and Crazy Rich Asians, um, Crazy Rich Asians I thought was a fine movie, perfectly enjoyable but I think the farewell becomes something truly excellent and much more praiseworthy and triumphant yes. because it doesn't have the broadness to it. It doesn't. Uh, w- what Lulu Wong was saying in the interview is that a lot of people wanted to take this story, which is based on her real life, yeah. and tell it in a way that's much more broad and comical. Yeah. And it's you know you follow the bride, and it's all the hijinks of the bride being the main character of yep. this kind of like put on wedding and this is not what this movie is it's a lot no. more kind of Grounded. um yeah exactly yeah. just just this different approach to it that you don't see uh as often and the movie really it it, it just works a yeah. lot better than crazy rich asians yeah, yeah. and i don't i don't want to put down crazy rich asians because i really did like that movie um but you are right not well not only is it less of a broad movie but in terms of like just general movie audiences and how it's you know produced, Crazy Rich Asians is like a big spectacle movie compared to this. Um, it also this movie is a lot less handholdy with introducing you to other another culture yes. while still uh, you know being patient with you be, with our our white eyes being like what the fuck is going on? They're speaking some other language. Like it does you know they do spell it out, but not to an extent that is for the lowest common denominator. Sometimes in Crazy Rich Asians, it really seemed like. Yeah, this is Singapore. This is where Asian people live. Well, mm-hmm. You should check, you know, look at all these rich people. Yeah, yeah. no, and uh, that's <laughs> what I was going to say was, I don't want to say, fetishize sounds like the wrong type of word because they are glorifying it in a way in Crazy Rich Asians, but, like, we're not seeing the top 1% of this community. We're just seeing a community, and um, Very this kind of ties in. Family. It ties in what Lulu Wong said at a different interview that I heard her do with a white guy, um, Sean Finnessy. <laughs> she was talking about how... Um, the making of this movie was kind of a lot it kind of reflected a lot of her struggles just in society where she tries to do things in the world and they say oh well you're not american enough you're too asian and then she'll go back to china and they'll be like oh well you're too american you're not right. chinese enough and mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the things that was a problem with making this movie is that people would be like oh we either want it to be more american have more english lines or we don't want Aquafina to be the lead because she's you have to tell a true Asian story. And well, I mean, how she makes an Asian American family or Asian American in this uh, traditionally Asian family is really beautiful. And I think that the thing that I loved about this movie so much is where certain kind of uh, cultural nuances are completely different and they might seem foreign like thinking specifically of the dinner scene where there's this rotating table and it's like this buffet that they just each eat off of which is a very asian culture kind of a thing we don't have anything like that in america but these little moments these awkward kind of 
one-upping of each other between cousins at a dinner table and everything else. That's something that every family has, no matter where you're born, is you have these kind of, this passive-aggressive tendency that is still layered with this very uh, sincere love for each other. But it's kind of this whole, you get back together for like some kind of a reunion. Everything Everybody wants to talk about how their own lives are doing so great and everything else, even if it is all And maybe level. cut each other down a yeah, little bit. That's, yeah. And I love all of these moments in this movie. I did actually want to ask you guys, because before we get to spoilers, since I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen this movie, um, what do you think the odds are of this getting a be- Best Picture nomination? Pretty low. Pretty low. It's it's I'm, not a big. The Oscars are are angling more and more towards these big movies. You know, Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star Is but Born. But they're also going more towards representing diversity. Yeah, Moonlight, I, Green I, Book. I'm actually I'm I <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book. Um, no, I actually I don't want to say that like I'm confident that this will get nominated, but I actually have kind of a good feeling in myself that. It we depends on eight twenty four. We didn't mention in the in our catch up segment that's coming out with the news that the Oscars did get a new president who is a very mm. forward thinking guy and I didn't know was this. he was an old he used to be a cinematographer I'm blanking on his name right now but uh, he's more for like kind of expanding categories maybe adding in a best stunt team which as on a year without team, a Mission Impossible yeah. movie the Tom thing, Cruise will never get his uh, Oscar <laughs> the thing with big picture or not big picture best picture this year. It, don't listen to other podcasts, people. Um, is that, it, like, I to me personally, it's more wide open than it's ever been. Yep. Like, I've never had a year before where I'm like, who the I fuck mean, is there this year? Like, if who's we're thinking, getting it? We're now eight months into the year, and, and like, the no, only lock nothing, that we have yeah. is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'd say that's pretty much a yeah. lock. Yeah, for sure. So I think that a movie like this does have it. I could see this being like a nine nine options just being out there this year because there's it's such a split field yeah, that's it's all thing. about your taste i wouldn't be surprised if this made it i wouldn't be surprised if us got the nami i wouldn't be surprised really that'll us. definitely get a screenplay Ooh. nomination yeah, like, without a yeah doubt. it's gonna be one so he's like yeah. the champ it'll end yeah. up in the discussion as well so like it's yeah. gonna be at the oscars they might as well just nominate it what else are they gonna nominate they want to i think that the oscars at this point they want to find the next generation the next scorsese and Tor- tarantino and they want to start getting them even if they don't actually award them with a best picture or best director they want to like get them in their family yeah. now they don't want to have like a spike lee is the wrong example because he was at least nominated um for do the right thing but like they don't have a situation where it's like oh shit tarantino's never been nominated and he's <laughs> like con- widely considered one of the best filmmakers of our right. time we gotta yeah, they, throw this out there like, they yeah they're realizing that uh, they're fucking ancient. Yeah, <laughs> hey, Greta Gerwig is coming out with a movie. This I, year, I, so. I do, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Yeah, gonna be dueling for <laughs> best. Director. I do. I do want to at least give the the premise away, uh, so people get have an understanding of the movie here. So this is a movie based on a true, based on a a real lie. That's how they put it, right? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Of um, a grandmother who. Is basically facing like the last yeah she has like stage four cancer of of her life and the family the extended family all returns to the homeland China to see her one last time under the disguise I guess of a fake wedding mm-hmm. and that's the movie really there's no other kind of big 
anything happening. I, I, I really love that about this movie, that it doesn't rely on, like, any sort of, like, twist or big dramatic yeah. revelation. It's just like, here's a situation. You know what, what it is going in, and everything is going to revolve yeah. around this situation. It honestly reminded me a lot of The Big Sick, mm-hmm. how... It's called the Big Sick. Like you mm-hmm. know what yeah. movie you're about to yeah, see, and everything revolves around. Basically, that. the only thing you don't know is how it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, is she going to die? What's going right. to? Yeah. Um. I I love this movie, yeah. and I'm sure you guys yeah. did too. We all saw it together. It's we're I, not. We're not. This is the, yeah. the most I've cried in a theater since I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, I heard. A, I heard Hunter's, Hunter good. sniffling. Well, here's, I was. I oh, I was sobbing, and the, I'm glad that we went and had a drink at the bar afterwards because otherwise we had I, to pro- share some, I probably yeah. would have just sat in my car and just like <laughs> sobbed for a little bit, like not even exaggerating because this movie is deeply personal, especially if you've ever had a loss in your family. Like, I mean, everyone has a grandma. Yeah, we, we even if they are, even if they're still alive, even if it's not actually your grandma, if it's an aunt or your mom that you're close with, like this movie hits you on another level. Where yeah, it's, it, it's really emotional. It's it's a great movie. There's a such a innate emotional conflict throughout the entire thing where Aquafina, who is you know the most Americanized of anyone in the movie, is struggling so hard with the idea of not telling a woman that she's dying, which yeah. is common practice in China, which for most of us is something that we learned from this movie. Right. Um, and it's, I can't believe there hasn't been a movie about it. That's one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard in my whole but life. Think about, think about that concept of like you not, te- of not telling the person. Doesn't it make sense that they don't want to tell that they don't tell? <laughs> like it makes sense that people don't know that's a thing because if the culture is to hide that, they yeah. would hide the fact that they hide also, it. Also, as, well. as Americans, we just don't know shit about right. nobody. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. A, this is like very minor spoilers for Midsommar, but like it is kind of bring up this whole thing, uh, this idea with different cultures that a lot of other cultures in the world are just like, no, it's your death. Like, this is your life. You should own the, your death. You should be able to die on your terms, or if not choosing to die in your own terms you shouldn't have like the last few months or year of your life be riddled with just like oh well i'm dying my days are numbered like live every day like just being happy and be like actually having a good time yeah so it's like i mean the central uh, that's the central like underlying uh, examination of the movie is this cultural difference and uh you know aquafina specifically struggling with deciding what's right to do um, and it's truly compelling. Uh, Hunter, I-, I need you to admit that Aquafina is good now. So, <laughs> if we go back, to be fair. We, we got to go back to Ocean's 8. Let's, that was, I was pre, say, pre-Crazy Rich Let's Asians. Let's go back. I was not a fan of her performance of either of her movies last year. Ocean's 8, she is by far the worst part about that movie. And I... I you I didn't like still, her. In Crazy Rich I still enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians. I she was like the weakest Man, link for me. I, I loved her. In I Crazy just Rich Asians. I didn't think her humor landed at all. I know mm. that she's like a comedian singer person. She got, she got giggles. Um, I just it was all kind of cheap laughs in that. But 
she is extreme. I mean, this is her first dramatic role that she's ever done, and she knocks it out of the part. I think that she's it's almost a Jim Carrey situation where they're like people just associate them being a comedian, then they do a dramatic role, and you're like, oh no, you're a better dramatic actor than you are a comedy actor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, when he did when Jim Carrey did 23, I was like, <laughs> the damn, number 23. Shit. Yeah, um, no, is like, that what it's called? yeah, 23. Um, I 1408. Is he in that? No, no that's, that's John, John Cusack. Cusack. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Anyways, no, I think that she's really good. But I will say one thing I love because Aquafina is on all the posters because she's the only like really well-known American uh, actor in this film, and like this is really an ensemble piece. The yeah. grandmother that's in this is actually Lulu Wong's real-life grandmother. No, like that's no. no way. I think that it is. No, it's it's a very no, the one is the a, one that's the one that's a real uh, is that member the is the aunt, the oh, okay, great that's aunt the, yeah. the aunt the yeah. the that so they're sense. the same person that's fine um, no but I, there are plenty of non actors there in this movie and they all give a great role I really wanted to shout out the father which I'm sorry if I say his name wrong Chima I think it's Chima okay uh, that's a. He, but yeah. he, he you awesome. might recognize him. He's just like the ultimate like that guy. Like he's in rush hour. He plays a general and a rival. He always gets very thankless roles, but he is amazing, gives a great compelling performance. And the mother, uh, Diana Lynn, is really like just kind of seeing the inner workings where she's in this dilemma where like this is her mother in law who's dying and now they have to kind of make up, but they didn't have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Like all and the friction that there's built a up. lot of friction that was in there, and oh, now yeah. it's kind of it, it's a dilemma that we come across in our lives where there's somebody who we resent and that we hold a lot of grudges against, and now they're dying, and you can't yeah. when they go, you it's can't like, hold yeah, on to what? those resentments forever. Like yeah. you got to figure out somewhere to put that. I thought, yeah, I thought uh, Aquafina's mother was amazing in this. Like I thought she was truly. I thought she was kind of the weak link if i had to pick one i didn't think she was bad but um i do agree with the point about like how what her character represents i just felt like the performance was a little bit outshined by some of the other characters specifically the lady who plays nai nai um i was uh, an absolute uh she was an absolute delight like she was a beacon of happiness she is Incredible. I want her to be my grandmother. Can yeah. I like adopt a grandmother? Also, I just want her to be uh, my life. Youngbo Zhang uh, plays the uncle. The uncle oh, yeah. is so great. So great. Yeah. So there's. Oh my god! So many great scenes. Yeah. So the dad's, you know, the other son of uh, Nai Nai moved to Japan with his family. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're coming from, and uh, so the the grandson who is faking his wedding, his girlfriend does not know any Chinese and there's a lot of comedy to be mined there. <laughs> that they're, well. they're Japanese. She has no China, idea what's and they're going like, on. I don't yeah. know. And th- I mean the both of them were amazing. The the married couple. Yeah. He, like this he was he just had this terrified look on his face the whole movie. <laughs> Truly because they're not getting yeah. married. There was a lot of comedy through uh gestures or situations that required no language whatsoever yeah. in this movie. Like, I think really. that's why the comedy works so well. Mm-hmm. But even still like I feel like it's something that you don't ever really notice, but I feel like whoever the team is that did the subtitles it was done perfectly in this movie oh, yeah. where they come on in just the right the moment timing. the timing of subtitles which is something that you never think about but like 
I think uh, Studio Ghibli movies do that amazing, like really impeccable, where it can be a moment that's really emotionally affecting, mm-hmm. and then it can snap like that just based on the timing but, of the dialogue and what words you're seeing at the right time. Yeah. That's all part of the screen. editing, yeah. and and uh, as a larger point, the editing in this movie I found really well done, yes. along with the with the cinematography. But yeah, but the editing itself, there back, was a lot of work put into it. Back, back to the point about the humor, there are several moments in this film. Where you are bellowing, laughing because something is so funny, and then immediately you could feel it in the theater that that laughter is snuffed out because you know the reality of the situation mm-hmm. that these characters are in. So that moment of of joy and happiness is so fleeting because you're immediately reminded of the fact. Yeah, because it's typically a joke that's very related to the situation, of course. You know, like, yeah. it's jokes that are about, hey, I'm dying. Or, or not even that, or just, like, this big kind of, like, uh, moment of release that just gets undercut by everyone realize like, remembering, yeah. oh, yeah, we're all here well, because Nine-Nine. I think one of the best examples of that, and also an example of amazing shot selection, was when the um, the uncle is... Is he singing the song and crying when he's doing at karaoke the wedding? at the yeah. wedding? Like the a the shots are incredible because it's it's like it's a standard comedy like Edgar Wright style physical thing where well, it's like you, close he's not in. singing a song he's giving a speech he's just mm-hmm. giving a speech and it's supposed to be a happy wedding speech and he's just weeping mm-hmm. and it starts close and then like it's a jump cut to like farther back and then jump cut to the whole room just being dead silent yeah <laughs> like it's truly good comedy directing. Uh, but it's also so so deeply sad. sad. Like he's crying because his mom's dying. Yeah. yeah, like it's really a great balance in this movie. So another thing pointing to the editing, really the direction as a whole. Um, if I can compare this movie a little bit to another culture that um is a little bit foreign to us, uh, in Last Black Man in San Francisco, that movie is propelled by the music in a certain way. Like I absolutely, I've just been listening to the score for that movie all the time. But I love that there's hardly any music. Like the score in this movie is very minimal. It's also very and good. I no, it's it's really good. But yeah. you, it, there's a lot of the scenes where they're saying they're talking. It's just completely silent for like mm-hmm. 15 minutes at a time. And I think that that helps so much. Kind of knowing when to use music and then when to hold back, right. depending on the film that and you're making. And when it does come on, it's like this beautiful like orchestral yeah. choir type thing yeah a lot of violins yeah it really sounded awesome um so we all love the movie uh should we get into spoilers any last yeah. spoiler here's here's another thing that i really appreciated in the, in the subtitle editing since you mentioned it a lot of the time they did not put what people are saying if you don't need to know exactly what they were saying mm-hmm. and it's that's all about kind of the intention yes the emotion. exactly like if people are just kind of like jabbering in the other room or something a lot of bad movies will have like you know literally it'll say in parentheses jabbering in the other room or something <laughs> like we don't need to know that yeah. this, there was a, so much thought put in on every level to this movie we watched a good amount of skyscraper with subtitles on and it would always say like the rock grunting (laughs) (laughs) like shit like that. It's like, we don't need to, we don't need that. Like, it's some people are uh, have hearing problems. Yeah, so, I know, but they don't need to hear the grunt. They don't need like he you just he just fell off a building. We know he's grunting. <laughs> no, but I mean, you are you are right to that point where I mean, this is like 
an amazing screenplay, which is kind of incredible to say that, that it's completely, it's almost, I'd say probably like, what, 90% at least of this movie is in Mandarin, if not a little bit more than that. And the screenplay is truly incredible. It gave me a little bit vibes of, I mean, it feels weird to compare a Lulu Wong film to a Tarantino film, but of it, Bastards, where Bastards has like, an amazing screenplay even though most of the movie is in german and that that takes a whole nother level of screenwriting skill to actually do that Mm -hmm. um i did want to one more thing before we move into spoilers because i'm curious i don't know if you guys would know this but would this technically be an adapted screenplay if it goes up for adapted screenplay because of the npr thing it's based on um an american life Mm-hmm. This American so, Life. This American Life. Yeah, because she did she did some sort of story for them. That's a good question. Uh, I guess they could pick. They could pick because it's her story. It's her story either way. So whatever they whatever category they feel they have the best chance going for, they could do it. It's almost like with Buster Scruggs last year, they went for the adapted in that one, yeah, even though like half the uh, most stories the, were almost original. All of it was yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I I mean I hope the best for this movie. I really enjoyed it. If I mean, we can nitpick it eventually, but it really I, it's just all through and through a, a very good movie. I just wanted to say that this is one of those movies that you you can't judge objectively because of what we mentioned earlier about it being such like this human kind of uh, very relatable story about family very, very and yeah. loss and 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 yeah, grandmas and. You know, we sat outside the the theater talking for so long about our own experiences in our lives. And, like, this is just one of those movies that you can't separate from your own experiences. Yeah. And I don't think sometimes that can get a little dicey when you want to judge a piece of art as objectively as possible. But we've. We've had the conversation plenty of times about how art well, is always subjective. Yeah, and, and also I think the primary distinction, the reason that this one is easier to judge objectively than a lot of movies that do that is because it did not feel cheap. Yeah, that's what the I was emotional heartstrings is tugging on did not feel cheap. It felt like her trying to empathize with an audience. This isn't a you Toy know? Story three situation <laughs> where it's like it were anything like a lot of Disney movies do this, but a lot of movies in general do this where. They know the buttons right. to push in. Yeah, I was going to say Coco. Where way, that yeah. felt a little cheap to me, where I was like, yeah, yeah you made me cry. Congrats. It's, <laughs> it's synthesized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This felt like th- this was a piece of art that just happened to be very relatable. Yeah. And, and, and I love feel. Coco. Yeah. I think yeah. I oh, of think course. Coco's I did well, cry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> even like Won't You Be My Neighbor, like at a certain <laughs> level, they play the song and like just have it's kids Pavlovian. jumping. They know that you are like, it's something that's meant to make you cry. Where this is, I mean, like we were talking about afterwards, like I, for example, like I have my aunt who like died whenever I was younger and I was really close with, and it's not, I don't think it's the movies. It's not completely. It's intent to make you relate, to make you put your own, um, identify with it in your own personal way. But naturally it has that reaction yeah. on like you. It which that's the difference. Not, it doesn't feel like she was mm-hmm. trying to trigger us. Yeah. It just right. felt like she told a story that, did and you and you mentioned that like as soon as the movie was over you were you were tearing up i i got very choked up by this movie and like a lot of times when i go into movies like this and i know about the subject matter i'm kind of like expecting that moment of release of like when you cry you feel like oh what a relief like (laughs) i i it feels kind of good 
this movie didn't give me that and i felt like so wallowed up and so like sad and i didn't get that moment of release until like much much later in the night when i had been sitting on it and thinking about it Mm -hmm. and everything that we talked about and all of the things that the movie like made me feel it wasn't this immediate thing that like i watched the movie i feel something and i release it it was like this slower thing that really built up in me it's and i've never had and i've never had Mm. that exact thing quite happen to me usually Mm. it's like i see woody saying uh, spoilers for toy story 4 but i see woody saying bye to his friends and i'm crying immediately yeah, yeah, I, like you know it's like it's like it's i'm just a big baby thing. i cry constantly in i movies. mean me too i don't even like i don't cry ever in anything else i like go to movies for therapy pretty much i'm like <laughs> sobbing at the end of once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> i'm like god why does brad pitt look so good he's 55 <laughs> it's not fair um, um but yeah. but yeah you make a great point though that this was there was a lot to process emotionally which is ironic because there's a lot for every character in this movie to process emotionally. Yeah. The movie is about how death in China is something for the family of the dying to process instead of for the dying person to process. Mm-hmm. Whereas in America, we're all about individuality and you know pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. So we just hold it and we're like, yes, I'm dying. I'm don't, curious. Don't even visit me. I just want to die. Would you guys <laughs> want – Would do you think that – I mean, this is completely subjective. Would you guys want to go out like Nai-Nai? I don't – you know, if you asked me that when I'm like 80, I might say yeah. You to know, not you mean to not know? Yeah, I kind of I think that even now, like I kind of want to just be able to like live my life like I do always and not have that constant reservation. It's just well, the the main well, a big question I had was if it's a very common cultural practice in China, then wouldn't you suspect if like yeah. someone's escorting you to the doctor and being like, yeah, the results are great anyway, throws them away, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you'd have to be. Is there like mass malpractice happening in China? <laughs> I I love the the Cold War method. Just take a pill and go lay in a field, and that's it. Go to sleep. All right. Well, let's get. To <laughs> I like the Midsomar thing. I'm just gonna jump off a cliff. Just gonna jump I, off a cliff. I want to get flamethrowered by Leo. Yes. To die. Yes. In a pool. All right, let's get to spoilers for the far- farewell. We all recommend it. Go yep. see it. Yeah, go see it somewhere. Support it's, original filmmaking. It's, I, female it's, directors. Yeah, it's a really three dimensional portrait of China, of a different culture, and it's not trying to like Crazy Rich Asians. Kind of like be our guest, be our guest. Mm-hmm. This is the best of the best. This is just like it's not negative or positive. It's just like this is what China and it is. doesn't feel alien. And, no, it's that, very and that's relatable. The thing, is that so it's, relatable. It's showing off China, but it feels like you feel like you are at home. You feel like yeah. you are at the dinner table with these this family. These types of movies are like Disney movies for adults, kind of. Where like how Disney movies always teach you a lesson because you're a kid and you don't know that like you should be nice to people or whatever. These are like for adults who suck. And they're like, no, China sucks. They were nothing like them. I'm sure plenty of people watched this movie and came away thinking differently about yeah. uh, other cultures as a whole. Yeah. All right. I hope so. I, I, I hope that's an optimistic view for the American well, society. That's why I mailed a uh, Blu-ray to President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> hey, sir. <laughs> He's like, I can't Excuse read. Me. I don't know what this is saying. <laughs> yeah. All he right. thinks that the letters are in Chinese. <laughs> 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 Let's get to spoilers for the farewell starting right now. 
so okay so before we get to the main big thing at the end i wanted to talk about i meant i could have said this in pre-spoilers there's but I'll not say that it now. much to spoil there really isn't yeah. there's really only one kind of spoiler um but i wanted to talk about the the whole karaoke scene that we brought up and the moment Just the whole where wedding is well great. the wedding is beautiful but that that whole scene that they have where it's Nai like reflecting back on the war and like her with like some of her old like oh, war man, buddies yeah. and everything that also hit me because that's like man like if this is like your grandmother for example you came into their lives when they were like 50 60 you have no idea what their life was their like youth, before they yeah. were yeah, one of my biggest when they were kids that it made me think a lot about I truly regret not asking my late grandfathers more about their lives. Like yeah. I just wasn't old enough to, but I wish I knew more. You know, I, I can hear secondhand stories, but it's it, not the same as like hearing. Yeah, it Yeah, old there. people contain so much information about themselves and about the world. Like right, and yeah. and Nai Nai, you know, individually is so like I. I think watching this movie because I already knew it was semi autobiographical. You just get the feeling that that is exactly what the real Nine Nine is like. Like this lady and played it. And the actress it. just owns she's so. It. I wish she could get an Oscar nom. I'm sure I she will give it to sure her. Sure she won't, but well, I mean, you know, they gave it to the girl in Roma. Yeah, uh, that'd be delightful because this woman is. It's one of the top performances of the year. It's one of the top five performances of any actor this year. Like she is so magnetic, and this is a a type of person that you meet. They're electric. Like they just they bring people in and they're not always like nice. They can be very mean, actually, very straightforward. Um, and they just kind of act on their whim, but they have power over the whole family. So like the whole family's like is, acting on their whim. Isn't that what grandmothers are though? They're sweet, they're kind, they're generous, but they're also very snappy and mean. Yeah, but the thing is, some grandmas have, like you said, Hunter, the the passive aggression that the rest of this family has. Nai Nai is just out with it. She's like, you look skinny you look bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's at like the the age of old people which uh this can kind of go good or bad where they will say exactly what they're thinking to you because they're like even though she doesn't know she's dying she's like i'm gonna die at some point so i'm just gonna come out with it and be like you've been putting on weight (laughs) you know like you just you really get the feeling that it's such a lovingly written character yeah like a lot of thought was put into how to make nai nai look as nai nai as possible Mm -hmm. and every line yeah and yeah the performance and the writing and it's beautiful one of the scenes that's that stuck out to me the most was when they go visit her husband in the cemetery mm. and uh. everyone's like pu- putting all these offerings into the the little grave thing that they have yeah and first of all just the look of this place looks Incredible. so so beautiful but also kind of haunting yeah it's haunting way. the graves are like so close yeah, yeah. it's just foreign like in a way you're yeah. like well i recognize that but i don't recognize that it's you know? very odd and and they're like burning all these like offerings to him in his afterlife <laughs> and they're arguing about like yeah, the whether they should open the is... packaging <laughs> whether like, yeah he doesn't yeah, he, didn't he, smoke. he quit smoking <laughs> It's, no, he didn't. He just told. He's me like he he's did. dead. What's he gonna get? Um, like cancer now? Like it's fine. That's another big point that I gave to the movie is a lot of time when you see uh, drama, comma comedy, it's not a very funny movie. And this was a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. This was a movie that actually had equal helpings of both. Yeah, like, which is so rare um, because a lot of self serious directors and writers are not good at comedy. And this was like funny, funny. And it was constantly weaved throughout because the way the structure works is like the first third is you just are introduced to this family. Very long scenes of you just kind of 
hanging out with them. Like you said earlier, Hunter, a lot of scenes of them eating. You just mm-hmm. see the food, the table full of food. And the second third is like the the kind of wake up call that like, oh yeah, she's sick. Yeah. Like yeah, we were introduced to this kind of like crazy dynamic, but then we're reminded like what's going on. And then it goes to towards the end of that act, it's like the wedding. Um, that then leads into the end of the of the movie. So very kind of kind of set simple structure acts, yeah. that is intertwined constantly with drama and comedy. And like in there you have uh funny scenes like the like the cemetery or like the the snappy uh dinner scenes or the really kind of sad scene of Aquafina to her mom when they're looking for the earring and she kind of just opens up about oh, yeah. First of all, like how sad she feels about her mother, her grandmother dying, but also kind of how removed she feels from the situation as well. Yeah. And how the the whole lie is like really fucking with her and how she doesn't want that to be a thing. And and this whole the, the, the dueling sides of the Asian experience and the American experience encapsulated so well. And that's also kind of like her that's her her Oscar uh, scene right there. Oh, see, <laughs> I mean, I personally think Aquafina's best scene is whenever she gives the speech at the wedding. Oh, okay. and it's it's so it's underwritten in the best possible way, right. where there isn't a monologue or anything like that, but like it feels real. She yeah. doesn't go and up there feels, with something to say. No, yeah, it like, feels she rips up her nose. It feels <laughs> You're so, dying. It feels so impromptu and everything else, and. It's right after we have that moment where, like, learning about Nai Nai and whatever she's like whenever she's younger. And you can tell, like, how affected Aquafina is by everything where she's just like, I I don't know anything about my culture or about my family. And Aquafina really is playing the Lulu Wong's, like, surrogate in this situation where she's, I mean, from multiple perspectives, because also Lulu Wong's grandmother is going through this. But um, just kind of this feeling like you don't belong anywhere and i think that that moment perfectly encapsulates everything yeah yeah and another thing that i really appreciated about the movie which i don't know how much credit i can give lulu wong for this because it is her life so credit to her life for being well played out (laughs) but the fact that this wasn't aquafina's first time in china was so critical to everything we're talking about. She remembers about. her because her youth. Otherwise, every time they're driving in the car, every, everyone she'd just be like, "Oh, what kind of building is that?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's what they look like over here." You know, yeah. it'd be that kind of movie, mm-hmm. like a crazy rich Asians movie, mm-hmm. where it's just explaining, char- explaining. It's explaining. a character learning about a new world instead of us learning about a new world via seeing it, not someone telling us things. Uh, that is. You know, credit to her parents for moving to America right when they did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, this is something that really resonates with me because I'm an immigrant too. The fact that, like, at this point, they're essentially American. They've been gone from China for more, for longer than they were yeah. in in China. Especially Aquafina. Exactly. A- AKA Ernest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. It's it's like there's this need to connect to this homeland that doesn't quite feel like home because you weren't yeah, really it, there that it long. It feels like a memory. Yeah. So the the fact that they were able to really tap into that and the kind of anguish she feels for not having that connection and how that's represented in the 
coming death of her grandmother yeah. really just brought up a lot of feelings uh, a lot of 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 emotions in me that I thought the the film really presented beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I I emigrated to Orlando from a different city in Florida, <laughs> and it, All right, it I can't hurts. wait for you to make the Tallahassee biopic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> growing up in oh my a very God. white yeah. <laughs> middle class neighborhood. No, um, but yeah, it's it's directed by Richard Linklater. That's why the movies. That's what a good movie is. Is it's specifically relatable for a swath of people who have gone through very similar things, and then it's also, you know, via having an emotionally uh, smart script, it's relatable to everybody, even if you haven't gone through anything remotely similar. Even if you've just the base word of death, if you've gone through that, then it's a it's a good movie for you, which everyone has. So it's a good movie for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um. We got to talk about the, the, the very end. Uh, but before we do, do you guys want to shout out like any kind of striking things about the movie that you enjoyed? Any like shots that you thought were really compelling or moments that well, really stood out to you? I really loved um, this. It like happens pretty early on in the film where Aquafina first makes the journey over there. But in, early in the morning when she gets up with her grandma is doing the like karate outside. Yeah, the or, hua, hua. I love just the whole way it looks because China looks kind of like how I can assume China looks where it's very gray and overcast, but the way that it's shown, the way that it's depicted in the scene, whenever we see like these apartments that they're living in, it seems both desolate and also like hyper packed in with people. Cause this is, is it in Beijing or where is it? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I can't remember where exactly it's located in a city, like a pretty major city in China, I believe. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like outside of Shanghai, maybe. Oh, Shanghai. Maybe that's it. I I can't remember. It's definitely like slightly outside of it though. Like it's a little more rural. But yeah, I, I love the way that that, I love the way that all looks. And it's it's a town called Shangchun. Chong Chun. Um, here's another compliment that's kind of based off of that. This movie, I don't know if it's just uh, Lulu's style or if it's a choice because we're in a new area, but it takes its time with showing characters get from one space to another, and it just lets you kind of take in what like yeah. what outside the apartment looks like, what like the road looks like. Yeah, amazing direction. It doesn't it feel is... the need to like insert like big action drama. Yeah, you know, crazy shit. And it, yeah, and it doesn't uh, do what a lot of movies, even good movies, do, which is just kind of skip over that stuff and just get to where the meat's at. Mm-hmm. Like we, this, all of this looks interesting to us. Just because it's almost like you said with the graveyard, it's almost like an uncanny valley of so uh, familiar yet kind of not. Like you're yeah. just you're just taking it all in. You see the lobby of the hospital, then you see the hallway of the hospital, then you see the upstairs. Also, just the way the movie is shot, it's all like still tripod shots. Mm-hmm. Like there's no handheld, there's no like big no dolly real dynamic moves. camera movements. Exactly, or it's like just that. a lot of just like still locked in shots. So I wanted to. That kind of reminds me of one of the most like wa- rewatchable scenes for me is definitely uh, whenever it's like nighttime after they're all out drinking. Nakamura sneaks down. Her dad and uncle are sitting there smoking cigarettes, and mm-hmm. I love that scene. And yeah, I mean, because great scene. His dad, her dad, also kind of has the same thing where like, yeah, he spent more time growing up in China, but he still like left his family to move to America, and now his mother is dying and he still has these regrets about like, did I do the right thing? I could have been here with my family. I'm seeing all these people who I 
like haven't seen in decades or however long like that we finally got together but it's literally just because she's dying and you can feel the weight of uh of everything yeah. that he's going through in that moment. And if you've ever been And I love the way that I love the way that it's all shot where it's very dark yeah. and his face is like illuminated by the cigarette and the neon light that's coming in from the outside of it's the room. Beautiful. That is ultimately the vibe of a lot of this movie is it's uh it's a funeral for someone who's not dead yet. Like yeah. that's the how everybody's feeling. Like if you've ever been to a funeral that's exactly it. What mm -hmm. you just said, like yeah. everyone's together, and you're like, "Damn, we should be, we should have fun." But then but you're she's, like, "Damn, I feel bad. We shouldn't exactly. have fun anymore." And but then she, Nai Nai, is so happy and bubbly because yeah. that's who she is. Yeah, like imagine no if idea. you went to your grandpa's funeral and he was there, <laughs> like it's and he was having a great time. That's that's why this movie is so incredibly interesting. Like it's such an insane idea to us, but it's also pretty understandable especially by the end of the movie. Yeah, You're like yeah, totally. And they really spell it out. You know, the oh, whole yeah. idea of the collective you know that's the big difference between the east and the west as they put it. i'm pretty sure in that scene uh with the uncle with the cigarette how he he basically spells it out the the whole theme of like in the west it's about the individual mm -hmm. and in the east it's about the collective and it's our duty to share yeah. the burden mm -hmm. of the gravity of her yeah, mortality it sucks to uh die right hot take and on on that point do we think she actually died? Because the movie kind of ends on this final little sequence of them saying goodbye. It's very, very heartbreaking. Mm. And they drive away. And the shots of us kind of in the car as we look back and Nina is getting smaller and smaller in the distance. There's a lot of moments where I felt like I was seeing the exact memory of Lulu Wong. But that moment in particular, I was like, holy crap, mm -hmm. this must have been exactly how it happened. Well, this must be the last sort of vivid memory that she has. But Nai Nai's still alive. Yeah, Nai Nai's still or alive. Or is she? Well, she? What? No, she's still alive in real life. Well, Nai Nai in real life, but is the character Nai Nai well, still alive? I think that it's, it's almost irrelevant because no matter if she's dead or alive... They, they're not going to see they her left again. feeling like she's dead exactly. well and also i mean even if she's still alive like those characters they're probably not going to go back like again <laughs> they're not gonna, well i mean they're not going to see her again before she yeah, dies like maybe they'll see her one or two more times and yeah, it'll be so, the same thing of just being sad yeah <laughs> so the movie ends with nine night real they it's show they show a, going the real standing in the footage. middle of new york going like hi and then yeah. you see the real life footage of her doing the exactly that was an awesome right. ending. And it says she six years later she's still with us. Yeah, and we're led to believe that that's true. Do not even say that Nai Nai is dead. I, do you I need will me, like, the whole movie. It, the I movie will punch starts you in the mouth. The movie starts with based on a real. You're trying life to make lie. me cry again <laughs> now. There's a video of her. Is the lie the ending footage? Is that the lies that we're I just proposing? think this is I just conspiracy think the theory. whole the whole story of the movie is the fact that they don't want her to 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 be faced with that reality and maybe they don't want us to be faced with the reality either oh my god get out of here there i'm I sure i don't like that take no, i like to think that you never die some fucking webs like some like vulture av club is going to be like we tracked down nai nai and she's <laughs> dead <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> then I'll be sad. That'll yeah. be AA now just being like, yep, she dead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
it's it was an incredible ending though like yes. truly uh also with the birds flying too exactly like it it really that was the moment she died <laughs> god damn it Ernest. Fuck. i kind of thought that that was the mo i thought that that's where it was gonna end i thought it was just gonna cut to black yeah. and that was gonna be aquafina it, and just forced punched that, but... nine nine to death <laughs> <laughs> anyway if we're if do you guys want to nitpick i mean I have, a, I have a single right. knit. One knit. All right. Okay. There are, I think, one or two too many. Like, I would say not not like too, too much, but a little redundant scenes of uh, people explaining to Aquafina the practice and why they should be doing it. What I basically just said Essentially, about yeah. the difference. There are, it's it's just difference. that there are maybe five scenes where they reiterate that. And every time you get a little bit of a different take on it, which is good, I was never like really bothered, but sometimes they were treading over the exact same territory like four times. Uh, can I counter that take? Yeah, you guys that? are racist. Oh my if you God. don't, if you have a nit to pick in this movie, well, I was... like, I like the scene where they're arguing about like sending the kids to college in America. Yeah, that was, that was I wouldn't give away. I wouldn't well, do away with that. No, scene. Cause no, I, no, cause I also like that scene. Cause okay. That scene okay. also has humor in it too, where it's double sided, where he, the guy is like talking, shit about moving to america and everything but they're like oh yeah but you're gonna send your son to america next right. year right whenever he goes <laughs> no, to that, college. Was, that was all incredible i'm okay. just talking specifically about the scenes where someone has to tell aquafina you know this is why we are not telling her and you should also not tell her okay it just seems because she aquafina did amazing in this movie but it had the thing where the protagonist is the most sullen character in the movie mm -hmm. and there were just i wanted her to like straighten out her back a little bit <laughs> that's my nitpick like can you have better posture aquafina you're making me feel you sound weird. like you sound like nine nine yeah well that was <laughs> that was my problem with her notions eight it was the now posture we're getting back into it yeah yeah her scoliosis is just <laughs> destroying her career uh that was that was just it because like i said you still like i love the scene where the, she's talking to the doctor in english right in front of nai nai that's mm -hmm. just like a, a natural tension yeah. where, you know like a natural yeah. you're seeing someone who just has no idea what's going on um but that was at that point that was the fourth time that we had been explained this practice and mm -hmm. at that point i was like i do get it mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and thank you for telling me again maybe that was, that was maybe i mean they have it in there so many times like reiterate to american audiences well that's that what i'm saying that was the this only is something that's just like no this is like yeah. normal that's here. what i'm saying because like like we said this isn't a movie that panders to the audience in the way that like crazy rich agents did but that was the only time where it did feel like that to me where it was yeah. like we okay you know maybe if you don't get it by now you should just not get it maybe if you should I, just be stupid if, if you i don't get it by now if i had to nitpick i would have wanted a little bit more of like a bigger more climactic emotional moment a uh, ladybird's mom driving away well they they, they cry driving away yeah but it, it's 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 fine. I mean, I it's cried good. enough it's, in this movie. I didn't fine. need any more of that. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I mean, I I re I stand by my point that I really felt like that moment was a very kind of hyper realistic depiction of what that memory must be like for Lulu Wong. That doesn't mean it translates to a big dramatic finish. So to that point, though, whenever they're in the car, one thing that like was 
a little bit heartbreaking for me was whenever they drive past and they're like, oh my God, that's the old house and everything else. And she's like taking it. She like sleeps in the car and she misses seeing her old house. And they're like, oh yeah, I mean, it's it's unrecognizable it. anyway. Yeah. So we're, we can't go back yeah, to it. Yeah, it looks like shit. That's like, <laughs> that's so sad. Like it, it's a moment that makes you feel like you're a little kid again and you just like missed out yeah. on something. Oh yeah, definitely. I There's did... a couple of those moments where like you really do feel like a child. I did want to go back to a uh, point you made earlier about how, like, maybe Nine Nine knows what's up a little bit, and there's a scene, there's a shot where uh, they go to the doctor, and she's sitting in the waiting room, I guess, and it's just a very still shot of her just sitting there. We kind of hold on her for a little bit, and just the way she kind of holds her body, and just the fact that we get that moment, I just, I just thought like. Come on, Nine Nine. Well, I mean, you maybe she does something. know, but she's kind of in denial it, of the whole thing. And there's like, a moment and later, she's playing it up to her right. family is like, "I'm the happy Nine Nine." What like, if? To... What if the real Nine Nine watched this movie and she was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "They're not married." <laughs> that would be that'd be pretty wild. But... And there's a moment later when she's walking in her house and she starts coughing. And it's like a really bad cough, and I'm like, "Well, Damn, that's man, that's, that's kind on. of what I was thinking is that it." Yeah, be, since it is common practice over there, there is probably a blissful ignorance to it where you don't know and you don't want to know. She might have sus like very strong suspicions and she does not want to find out because this is how it just is in China. And she's like, well, everybody's coming to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. And she doesn't want to kind of ruin it for everyone yeah. else. And she's also not one to just roll over. She's nine eye. She wants to be like walking mm -hmm. around. She doesn't want to be. Uh, like chained to a hospital bed, mm -hmm. you know. So it it's the best for her, even if she knows or doesn't. Yeah. Um. All right. Good. Good. Where'd stuff. you guys put this at? Uh, best movies of the year for y'all. I think I have it at number five. It's Let me gonna put up my. I list. think it's number three for me. Ooh. I have it in my top five. I I haven't actually sorted. I think out it's list. like five or six for I've me. I've been I this point in the year I've just been kind of putting my movies in tiers at this point. Like I sure. have like a tier one, um, tier two, tier can three. I, and can it's I in, count it's Rampage this tier. year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. You Rampage saw Rampage is, is every. What about Skyscraper? Laquisha. Well, Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> one. <laughs> let's let's get Laquisha look. two. Where's the? I mean, this dude could get nominated for every single Oscar. Jeremy Seville. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. Today. We got to. <laughs> we got to let it. Save go. it for catch up. Okay, so the beginning of Act ketchup. Three, I thought, was pretty telling. Yeah. So we all love the movie. It's like what, like a nine, probably close it's up to a there. ten, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Strong, strong eight to like a nine. Okay. Solid nine. Sure. Yeah. Up there. Uh, we all loved it. Very we all strong. recommend it. Please. Hug your grandmas, kiss your grandmas. Also, see any, see the movie. See the movie. Any loved ones that you have, cherish them. See them. Hang out with them. Call them. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can listen to our catch up. You can listen to our rampage commentary track, and a lot of fun segments coming at you, including recast, recasting Scooby Doo. And in 2019, the Ooh. retcon episode. Tim Allen is my Scooby Doo, by the way, guys. The retcon episode where we each uh, retract a opinion 
Is that what it is? Yeah, we we yeah we just comb through all the episodes and think about man that that was a shitty take I had. I stand by all of my takes, God. so it's gonna be hard for me. Yeah, it's mostly just gonna be Drew just being like, guess what? <laughs> I listened to Coheed and Cambria. They're they're really good. It's mostly gonna be me in like in late as 2017. You, I had seen like three movies. As long in as my you apologize for Keanu Reeves, you have to apologize for your very early take that Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. No, that one I I still I stand with. It's not that he's a bad actor. It's just that he's really good at being a guy who doesn't act in movies he's good at playing the brick wall that is a good he's the best brick yes, wall i've ever seen i canada <laughs> that was the best acting that was the most acting he's ever done he's done a lot of stunt work that was the most acting he's ever bill done. and ted um that's a good point that's just <laughs> dude point break that's a great spicoli impression oh true true all right well uh follow us at we bought a mic uh twitter instagram facebook Check out all our letterbox and Twitters. Those are all down in the description. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Stay classy. Stay trashy. Any Anything else to add? Stay off of other podcasts. Don't listen to them. Yeah. We're yeah. the only one. Let us know what you thought of The Farewell. If you saw it, um, you know, it's a little movie that could. So let's keep getting the word out. These are these are trying times yeah. for these if little you, If you know the Academy, like... Maybe slip it to him. Slip, slip him, him a blue. Yeah. yeah. If you know Nine Nine, if she's out there, <laughs> Nine Nine, please write in. Prove that Nine Nine is real. You got to email us, Nine Nine. Lulu's gonna write in and be like, "What are you talking, Ernest? It ends with her being alive. <laughs> what are you talking about? What if she she like privately messages? She's like, you're the only Ernest one who's going ever like figure this out, Ernest. Ernest is going like full <laughs> info wars on this podcast. Oh jeez, JJ Jameson. Nine Nine is a false flag. All right. Well, bye bye. Bye. Oh,